John Bonds, good evening, Liverpool legend. Good evening, Rob. How are you doing? I am very well. All the better for hearing your voice. Uh, it's been a while. I know. I'd much rather see your face, though, because I haven't seen you for a while, but I'm hoping to come out in the next few months so we'll get together. I know. There's some very important project that you're currently cooking up. You've briefed me about it in the week, and I think I'm equally excited, John. And when we do tell uh, the listeners what it is, they'll equally be excited. So we'll wait for you to touch down here, and we'll spread the word. Absolutely. I hope so. FA Cup, I mean, just for you personally, and I know that it was a big deal these days, things like Champions League almost take center stage. A lot of people saying FA Cup, where does that sit still, just in terms of you as John Bonds, especially at Liverpool? Well, I think for any any footballer, and you're talking about a singular occasion, I rightly say the Champions League probably has flipped it on a single occasion, but I think that it, it, it's taking on added importance because fans, once upon a time, maybe six, seven years ago, um, put all their eggs in the basket of the Champions League because that's the most important thing. But of course, very few English clubs have won it. So if you use Arsene Wenger as an example, Arsenal fans are saying, oh, we just want a trophy. We just want a trophy to win. And of course, they won the FA Cup twice. So the FA Cup um, is now added, is now um, got added importance because to keep the fans happy, you want to win a trophy. And of course, if you're not going to win the Premier League or the Champions League, the FA Cup obviously is the next best thing. So I think they've, they've started to respect it more, the big clubs. Once upon a time, the big clubs feel it weak inside. Whereas now you can see they respect the FA Cup more because... The fans want to win a trophy. Any memorable game, though, that you had, uh, John, and any particular reason, though? Well, the most memorable, of course, I've played in five FA Cup finals and I've only won one. So I think you know the four that aren't too memorable. <laughs> but the one that I actually did win was, um, was very memorable because, of course, it was after Hillsborough when we beat Everton 3-2 in the FA Cup final. It was memorable not just because it was Hillsborough and because we won, it was because we also played against Everton. And not for the reason you may feel in terms of getting one over the old enemy. It's more to do with the fact that Lots of Evertonians would have lost loved ones in Hillsborough as well. So I think it was fitting that it was a Merseyside Cup final. And that's probably the first FA Cup final whereby the neutrals wanted the, 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 um, the favourites to win. Normally, you know, you go for the underdog and Everton were the underdog. And Liverpool fans would have lost their lives. Um, the neutrals wanted Liverpool to win. So that's the first and only time I've ever felt sorry for Everton because they're on a hiding to nothing. Sure. Talk about hiding to nothing. Uh, just uh, your quick thoughts on uh, their performance, though, Liverpool this season in the FA Cup. And uh, which team do you think will go all the way and clinch it? I mean, you've still got the likes of Man City. You're going to be playing against Swansea. Uh, you've got Crystal Palace, who a lot of people might fancy as an outsider against Watford, etc. Well, if you look at that third round game against Wolves, it, it came after um, the Everton game whereby... Uh, sorry, the Manchester City game, whereby Manchester City made seven changes for their FA Cup um, tie, having beaten Liverpool to go four points behind them. Liverpool also made three changes because, obviously, after you know the first half of the season, you look at the squads, you're looking to use the squads. Man City made seven changes, they went 5-0. We made three changes and we lost to Wolves. It was a harder game that we had against Wolves than Manchester City may have had against Burton. However, if you sorry, um, whoever they had played, they'd beaten them 5-0. However, it shows that the strength in depth that Manchester City have is greater than Liverpool, and that's, that's come to bear in the, in, in the league as well. Um, so we, unfortunately, got knocked out against Wolves. Mm. But if you look at Manchester City still in there, um, they will be, they'll, they'll obviously be the favourites because they're the only team, I think, in the Premier League um, who are still in the FA Cup, who if they choose to make changes, they can still win matches against anyone. So they are the obvious favourites. But of course, in a one-off, as, as Pep Guardiola says, although he was talking about the Champions League, on a one-off, anything can happen. Crystal Palace on their day could be very dangerous. And 
Man United seem to have had this resurgence again. It might have come and stuck over the weekend, uh, but it's still a team that seems to be on the up and up. Yes, they are. They are. Of course, the most important thing that they've now got is the harmony, because I wouldn't necessarily say Solskjaer is a better manager than, than Mourinho, uh, but what he's brought to Man United is a little bit like what Klopp brought to Liverpool. He brought the harmony and the togetherness and the belief. So now the players are showing what they can do. Um, I still think Manchester City are, are a better team than Manchester United. Uh, and if you look against, uh, of course, they played well against Arsenal, but they lost. They, they shouldn't have beat Paris Saint-Germain 3-1, but they won. But I think that ultimately Manchester United will, will you know, push. But what I always say in cup matches is because you really don't know who you're going to play coming into the quarterfinals and the semifinals. To then say we think we're going to win um, is a little bit premature. But of course, anybody would look at the teams like Liverpool are out and other big teams and feel that they've got a chance. All right, John Barnes is going to stick around with us a little bit uh, after the break because we cannot let him go without chatting about the big night for Liverpool Champions League encounter against uh, Bayern Munich. All right, you hear that kind of music, John Barnes? What goes through your mind, and especially if you're a Liverpool man? Well, goes through my mind in South Africa, funnily enough, because, of course, I've worked on the Champions League there for six years, and that's the music that's played um, for the last six years until 2016. So that really reminds me of my, my adopted home. But, of course, Champions League, once again, is a very exciting time for everyone, isn't it? Oh. Uh, and, you know, when you talk about getting into the latter stages and looking at the teams that are there, look at the excitement. Um, it's, it, it's just incredible. It's, it's, a, it's a fantastic product with some fantastic teams. And, and I think lately we've been seeing a lot of goals. I think in the early stages, when I first started coming out there, you saw some nil-all draws, some one-all draws. But then after a while, teams started to attack. And I think now there aren't any cagey teams. And of course, as you saw with Ajax winning in, in, in Madrid and, and Man United winning um, in Paris, those days of you know, a one-nil home victory means that, you know, or a one-nil away victory means that you, know, you virtually are going to go through. Those, those days are over. So unpredictability and the excitement is what it's all about. All right, any questions while we're listening to John and quickly chatting about the Liverpool Bayern Munich game for tonight? 0605842250. That's our WhatsApp voice note uh, number. Uh, the great Liverpool legend is on the line all the way from the UK. And, and a night like tonight, these were the two nights, uh, again, John, that were disappointing, whether it was Barca and Leon or the Liverpool Bayern Munich game that didn't have any goals. Both of these coaches now are saying they're going all out not recklessly, to try get a goal. What would be the best approach for a Jurgen club when he steps onto the Allianz Arena? Well, first of all, you have to look at the nature of the first games. I think Bayern came and they sat back and they frustrated Liverpool. I think they recognised and they'll do the same again tonight because if they feel that they can go toe-to-toe with Liverpool in terms of playing a very open, expansive game, end-to-end. You saw even Manchester City wouldn't play that way against Liverpool with the front three that we have. So um, I think that the nil-all draw had a lot to do with the way Bayern Munich played. The, the onus is now on Bayern Munich to take the game to Liverpool because they are the home side. But I still don't think they'll do that. I still feel they'll be quite cagey um, and, and, and hope to catch Liverpool on the break rather than playing an open game. But Liverpool won't play any differently. You look at what Jurgen Klopp brings, home or away, they attack the front three, the midfield three, hard running, hard energy. Um, so I don't think they'll play any different. And I don't think we'll, then, we'll see, as we saw in, in, the, in, the, in the first weeks, even the Barcelona and Lyon game, nil all with Barcelona, nil all with Liverpool. Incredible. So I think that we will see goals um, in, in this game. And I think that Bayern Munich will have to score goals to, to beat Liverpool because Liverpool will definitely score.
It's one of those opposites, though, John, where you find that Bayern have been coming into the Bundesliga uh, really excitedly. They've had to close a nine-point gap, and they are now uh, top of the Bundesliga. It's almost the reverse for Liverpool, who had about a seven-point lead on Manchester City, but find themselves second. So current form, uh, Mo Salah, not as regular as far as goal scoring is concerned. Firmino, I would imagine, would be leading the charge uh, of the three men up front, though. Just given those stats, though, does it give Bayern the edge on top of the, what, almost 90,000 fans that will be there? Well, I think the home, the home advantage may give them an edge, but you have to look at the nature of the game and the nature of the two teams. Now, maybe when Bayern Munich play in the German league against the, 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 the other German teams, they can take the gate in them. They can dominate possession. They can throw players forward because they haven't, they're not going to get caught on the counter-attack. Whereas if you just look at the name of the, um, the, the way that Liverpool actually plays, uh, if Bayern Munich feels that they can come out and um, take the game to Liverpool and attack as they normally do, in the in the in the in the um, Bundesliga, they will come unstuck. So the nature of the two teams is that Bayern Munich will have to play a similar game to the way they actually played in um in in at Anfield. So yeah, I, I'm hoping for Bayern Munich to come out and make a good game of it, open open ended attacking both ways, because I think that that will give Liverpool the advantage. That obviously in comes a guy like David Alaba, who who comes through back from in, injury. Uh, Kingsley Coman as well is back, is always posing uh, some form of threat. But they are going to be without uh, Joshua Kimmich as well as Thomas Muller. Does that balance things out, though, in the end? Well, once again, Alaba is a very good attacking player. Um, you know, so so I'm, I'm I'm not from Bayern's point of view. I don't think the the the, the issue is them attacking and, and and creating chances and maybe even scoring goals. It's a question of stopping Liverpool. And to stop Liverpool, they can't play an open game and play with those attacking players. You can't play with Alaba incessantly driving forward to create chances because that will leave spaces for, for Mo Salah. So as much as you know, that will help Bayern from an attacking perspective, from a defensive perspective, that could be quite dangerous as well if they're going to play such an attacking team. And then when you caught up between the two, you got 29 years where you haven't won the league. Uh, you standing again. You were in the final last season. What then do you do? I, I just remember Mo Salah in the press conference saying that, well, it's a case of what the city wants versus uh, what he would like because he sees Champions League as prestigious. And he says, well, he'll have to live uh, or sacrifice my dream for their dream, meaning the fans' dream of the league rather than the Champions League. The league is always the most important thing. The league shows you who the best team is. The best team doesn't have to win the Champions League. You can be fortunate to win the Champions League. And if Liverpool had won the Champions League last year, they would have won the Champions League by beating two teams, Manchester City and Real Madrid. Because if you look at the teams they actually played, they should have beaten Hoffenheim, they should have beaten Porto, they should have beaten Roma. So just for the very fact that they might, may have won the Champions League meant that maybe Manchester City should have beaten them, shouldn't have beaten them, and Real Madrid shouldn't have beaten them. But you don't have to be the best team. You can be fortunate in a one-off, and in terms of the teams you play against, in the draw, you can be lucky. Whereas to win the league, it shows you who the best team is. So as much as Mo Salah may be talking about his dream of the Champions League, um, my dream is for Liverpool to get back to where they belong, to being one of the top teams in the world, one of the top teams in England. And if you win the league, it means that, and, and do well in the Champions League, not necessarily winning it, it shows that year in, year out, you are challenging at the very highest level to win games of football. Remember, Rafa Benitez won the Champions League in 2005, and he may have finished 25 points off the top. That yeah. wasn't a particularly good team. That had to be a fortunate team, especially the way they won it in the final. And what have they done since then? Whereas you know if you win the league, you know that week in, week out, year in, year out, you're challenging. Which means that you may not win the Champions League the following year or even the league. But every week, you're challenging winning matches to be the best.
Will we see Messi rise to the occasion? You know how they normally do, John. Uh, Ronaldo has a fantastic day, <laughs> well, <that's... laughs> and then Messi has to answer the following one. Well, it's not necessarily, you know, you, the world may think it's Messi versus Ronaldo, but we know in, 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 uh, uh, in Africa it is Barnes versus Marawa, because, you know, Barnes is Messi and Marawa is Ronaldo. So you're actually laying down a challenge to me. I don't necessarily feel that Messi may score a hat-trick, but I feel that, you know, he may go and, um, and, and, and help Barcelona probably get through to the next round. All right, I believe we've got a, uh, just a, two quick voice notes. Let's hear what they're going to say. Yeah, good evening, Prarob and Ultron Pants. This is Lucia from PE. I'm a Manchester yes. City fan. Um, two questions for Ultron Pants. One, what does he think of Liverpool's chances tonight? And does he think Liverpool should focus on one trophy, whether it's the Champions League or the, the Premier League? Uh, Sapra, Rob. Good evening, Rob, and your guest, John Barnes. Uh, I do Good think evening. the game tonight will be a scoring draw. I think something like 1 1 or 2 2. And I think Liverpool will go through uh, due to away goal difference. I think technically uh, Liverpool is more better than Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich is now, it is now that it's finding itself. Uh, they were poor uh, during the first half of the season and Liverpool was better. I do think uh, Liverpool, pound to pound, have the ability to qualify and beat Bayern Munich. Okay. I think the first one you had answered via my question, John. Uh, so we'll, we'll bypass that. Or maybe the second uh, gentleman that came through just saying that uh, who he feels has got the upper hand for tonight. I don't know if you agree with him. Well, um, obviously, as I said, the home advantage will be with Bayern Munich. However, if you look at the I look at player for player and the energy they have. And, of course, Robin and Ribery and Boateng and Hummels, they're very experienced players, but they're also, you know, the wrong side of 30. Um, they haven't got that energy anymore. So I think if they use their heads, they can compete with Liverpool. But if they say let's have a physical game of end-to-end, they won't. The other question as to whether Liverpool should focus either on the Premier League or the, or, or, or the Champions League, Jurgen Klopp has said it himself. You focus on game by game. Going out to the Champions League won't help Liverpool in the, in the, in, in the Premier League. He said it already. As much as when people lose the game, they then say, oh, that will help us. Like Manchester United, having beaten Paris Saint-Germain, they're losing to Arsenal, said that beating Paris Saint-Germain worked against them. You know, that's an easy get-out. Had they, had they lost, then, you know, they probably shouldn't have been, they have been disappointed and Arsenal game may have gone the same way. So, but Jurgen Klopp doesn't make excuses. He said, we'll try and win every game, which means going through in the Champions League because it builds momentum, it builds confidence, and that, that, that is the, the right way to approach it. Um, so, yes, um, Bayern Munich, I should imagine, if you go to the bookies, will be slight favourites. But I, I really feel it depends on how Bayern, not Liverpool, because Liverpool will approach the game in the exact same way. They will attack, they will attack, they will work hard, they'll play with intensity. It depends on how Bayern Munich approach the game. And yeah. Bayern Munich, for me, may be slight favourites if they play the way they played at Anfield. But if they play the way they, they, they play at home normally in terms of attacking teams, I will make Liverpool favourites. All right, uh, quick two ones before we say goodbye to you, John. A big what? I'm Arouse Calvin here. Can you please ask Mr. Pans what is his take on the VIR and the decisions that he has come up with so far? Because of some somehow the VAR has been controversial. And what is his take on which team will, will win the Champions League now that Real Madrid has exited the Champions League? 
And what is his take on Zinedine Zidane coming back to Real Madrid? Thanks. All right, nice one. Thank you so much. Uh, Obviously, lots of voice notes, uh, but we are on limited time with John. Uh, But VAR, though, John seems to have uh, dominated the headlines, especially last week. VAR, I've been a fan of VAR, as you've known, Rob, because it'll make more decisions wrong. Sorry, more decisions right than wrong. It's not perfect because human error will always be there and make mistakes. However, they will get more decisions right. So, therefore, I am a big fan of VAR. Zidane coming back is fantastic for Real Madrid, not for this season because they're out. And for me, um, if Liverpool don't win, who do I always say, Rob, for the last six years? Barcelona. Mm. Still, John, you don't change. No. <laughs> you, you love this yeah. Barcelona I what, review. Bob, I don't know whether you listen to my podcast. John Barnes' podcast is on. Do you listen to it? Of course I do, John. But please promote it so that other people can join in. Yes, um, I've decided to do a podcast which is not just about sport, not even about sport. It's about discrimination, homophobia, and it's um, John, Barnes, John Barnes' podcast. And you can listen to it on Spotify and also on iTunes. And of course, yes, every week I'll be talking about different issues. And we've got an issue now with Darren Moore. You yeah, know, I was going to ask you about that, John. I was going to ask you yeah. about Darren Moore because, you know, I was listening to the talk sport the other day and they were talking and they mentioned your name. And I thought to myself, this is an honest appraisal. Why on hell would West Brom sack a guy who's got that track record? Well, I've been saying this for years, ever since my time at Celtic. The, the, the hierarchy at, at, at um, West Brom would have appointed Darren Moore and had full faith in him. Full faith in him. And of course, um, if you look at what he's actually done, still being in the top four, he's had a good season. However, because he's lost a couple of games, the, faith, the lack of faith they have in him is not based on him personally. It's based on the perception of a black manager's ability to do the job. So therefore, when they're winning, they think he's okay. But as soon as he starts he start to lose, and it's not personal to Darren Moore, that's where their misconceptions and perceptions of black people's ability to manage now comes in. And it is, it is a, it's a, a conditioned way of thinking, which is unconscious. So that's the unconscious racist bias, racial bias that they have. So I'm not saying that they're racist at all, but that's when the question mark comes in. Because what I've always said is that black managers have less time to fail, meaning that a white manager with the same results will be given longer before he's actually fired than a black manager who, and as you say, Darren Moore is fourth. They're still in with a, a chance of coming up. They're in the playoffs. But that's where the unconscious racist, but racial bias that you have about his his capabilities comes to the fore. So we're not accusing anyone of, of being racist, but the unconscious racial bias that we all have based on what we've been wrongly told about black people has once again come to the fore. And I talk about all this on the podcast. So listen, listen to it. John Barnes' podcast on, on Spotify and... Um, and um, iTunes. All right. I'll obviously take you up on that when you do come down to South Africa because I think uh, there's so much more to explore around the racism issue. Uh, Parks and Bramley, you're the final caller. Uh, very quickly on John Barnes, he's still on the line. Hi, uh, Rob. Sure. Uh, number one, I, I'm a menu fan, but I also have some few individual players at Liverpool, like Van Dijk. I rate him so highly. You can't that have it. I think he's, the, he's one of the best central defenders in the world. And I also want to, to, uh, to say, I, I, I wish Liverpool can go to as far as finals because if they were unlucky last year because of those few blunders that were committed by the goalkeeper. I will really want to see Liverpool winning something major this year. Like they were on the brink of winning it last year, but they couldn't due to those silly mistakes that were committed. 
And that's all I want to say to John Barnes. All right, nice one, John. You said they can't have him at Man United. He's back tonight, though. He was suspended in the first leg, Van Dijk. Absolutely, and I've never heard of Manchester United fan wishing Liverpool luck, but that's good. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, yes, he's been necessary. Himself and Alisson, I always felt once Liverpool got their defensive um, organization right with a real leader who calms not just the players down, but calms the fans down. So every time there's a cross or a corner, we don't panic. And he's brought that to it. So as much as Mo Salah may not be scoring, we're a much better balanced team. We'd rather have Mo Salah scoring 40 goals than being fourth, or Mo Salah scoring 20 goals than us being one point off the top. So it's a much better balance now, and Van Dijk is the, is the main reason for that. Fantastic stuff, uh, John. Uh, so when, more or less, can we expect you back in the country here in your beloved South Africa? Well, May, May or June, because I'm also writing a book on the, on, on, the, on, on the subject, which will be out about then. So I'll be coming to South Africa to hopefully share it with my, my South African brothers and sisters. All right. Love that. Love that. Love it. Thank you so much, John, and all the best. See Thank you, you soon. Rob.